surrender. Surrender. Uh, I'm going to talk about that. Uh, I do want to welcome you here today. I'm Pastor Zach. Shall and I serve as lead pastors of this great church. So glad that you're here today. Uh, welcome to all those joining us online today as well. Um, man, surrender. It, singing that song that really pairs well with uh, what we're going to be sharing this morning. Jesus says, and we've already covered this passage, that for you to find your life, you must first lose it. That's really surrender. But what's required for us to be able to surrender is trust. Do we trust God? Do we trust his word? Uh, is it true? I can tell you it is. I can tell you God can be trusted. Um, but you really need to land on that own decision yourself. As we were singing this morning, uh, one of the the members of our church, they, they came and shared and just felt like God was really impressing the scripture strong on, on her heart. And it's uh, Isaiah 54. Verse 2, it says, Enlarge the place of your tent. Let the curtains of your habitations be stretched out. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. For you will spread abroad to the right and to the left, and your offspring will possess the nations and will, uh, and will people the desolate cities. I think part of our, and really what I see God seeing, we're talking about extraordinary living, and we've been talking about that a good bit this year. This is the life God wants to lead you in, but the question is, are you trusting him for it? And so I just, I want to really challenge you this morning. I want to go back to that verse. Isaiah 54, do not hold back. What are you holding back? That's really what we were singing about this morning. Do not hold back. Don't hold anything back from God. He can be trusted. He's going to lead you in extraordinary things, but we do have to trust that, that he, that's where he's leading us. As we read the words of God, do we trust that he's leading us the right way? And, and I want you to land on this morning that he is. You know, we live in a society that says, uh, a secular society says that I am my own God. But of course, there's a breakdown there because our soul can't bear the weight of that. Only God can. Thank God he's God. I don't want to carry the load that he has to carry. I'm glad for him to carry it for me. And so as we enter into our, our series today, as we continue in Luke, I really, my heart is, and this is really where we're headed in terms of Jesus, he wants you to get it. He wants us to get it. We're going to come across a verse where it says, Jesus rejoices in the Holy Spirit. And he's rejoicing because the disciples are starting to get it. I don't know about you, but I want to make Jesus rejoice. Jesus means to rejoice with us, and that happens as we head out into the life purpose that he has for us. And I want you to experience that. So if you have your Bibles, hey, I hope you do. I hope you have your Bible today. Uh, we really want everyone to have access to God's word. If you don't have a Bible with you this morning, they're in the seat beneath you, in front of you. You're welcome to grab one of those if you don't have it at home. Take it home with you as a gift from the church. We want you to have access to God's word. It's transformative. And we're going to continue in Luke chapter 10 today. And we left off last week at verse 20, so we're going to jump into verse 21 through 24. I'm also going to invite you to stand for the reading of God's word today. So Luke 21 to 24. I, I had made a remark this morning that, you know, sometimes people have remarked to say, if God would speak to me in an audible voice, I'd listen. So they have these red letter edition Bibles. Welcome to God's audible voice. So, if you start to listen to those words, your life will be changed. And for the good. 
So verse 21 says, In that same hour he rejoiced in the Holy Spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you've hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows who the Son is except the Father or who the Father is except the Son and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Then turning to the disciples, he said privately, Blessed are the eyes that see what you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings desire to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. These are the very words of God. You may be seated this morning. So last week where we left off is Jesus sends out the 72. He sends out 72 disciples, followers of his, to go to the cities where he's about to go. And he sends them out and then they come back, it says, in joy. They come back in joy because God used them mightily. He used them to heal people, to cast out demons, to to be able to change people's lives. So part of what we were talking about last week is, is extraordinary living in the context of live sent. Part of our calling, part of your calling, is to live as a sent person. The default for many decades in the American church was to uh, default to what we would call an attractional model of ministry, uh, where they would put on events or, or do things in such a way to attract people. And, and I'm going to go ahead and say there's nothing wrong with that. That's actually in the Bible. I'll talk about that. Because there is a measure of the first calling to Jesus is a taste and see the Lord is good. So that's attractional. So, so I'm going to talk about that in the context of in the Bible, we see that. Old Testament, the mission of God in the Old Testament, the land of Israel. God put the people of Israel in a land. If you know your geography, they sit in the land in between. You've got Africa down here. You've got Europe up here. You've got Asia over here. So God put them right in the middle of it all on the trade routes between all of these continents. And he did that because he said, I'm going to bless you, people of Israel, so that when people travel through the land, they're going to start asking questions to say, who is this God that you serve? We want to serve him too. So it was a mission of attraction. There's nothing wrong with that. But the challenge is, is if you stop there, if you simply taste and see, but then you don't go and share, then you miss out on the life purpose God has designed for you. You actually miss out on the extraordinary living piece. So part of what I want to challenge you with this morning is the understanding that we're not only called to taste and see, but we're called to go and share and help others to taste and see. I want to actually talk about the context of this church. I'll give you an example of how God is still in the, the mission of attraction today. It is an absolute miracle of God that this church went from 231, the left-hand turning lane of 231, to right here at 231 in Cumberland uh, Avenue. It was an act of God. God put this church on this corner to be a lighthouse. I can't tell you how many people I meet. A first-time guest this morning said, we drive by there. That's a mission of attraction. God is still in the business of the mission of attraction. But we also as a church then have to say, and when you come into this place, we're going to equip you to go and share so that you can live the life purpose God has designed for you. Because as you step out into that life, then you get to experience the abundant life Jesus promises. Then you get to experience the greater things that he said that we would. So that's what we want to lead you in. Last week, as we talked about the 72 being sent out, we took time in our service. If you were here, I had everybody stand. I I challenged, the directionally challenged, and said, this is north and south and east and west. Face your neighborhood. Be awkward with the person standing next to you because you could be face to face, you know. But I, I wanted you to stand and face your neighborhood and pray for your neighbors. Because the first thing we saw for those 72 is God said, go and pray for the laborers in the harvest field. 
And so the laborers are a part of the harvest. They're your neighbors. They're your colleagues. They're your coworkers. So we started by praying for them. I'd like to invite Deanne to come and share, if you can grab a microphone from Shelly. So she was here last Sunday. She was actually in both services, so she prayed twice. So I said, maybe that's part of the secret, pray twice. Um, But it was just neat to see how God answered that prayer in terms of us being called out as a 72. If you would share that, Deanne. My husband, Mick, and I, he sits down there with me usually, live on a private lane. There are only 10 households on this lane. One of the households is members of this church and have been for longer than us. So I only have like about eight families on what I call my hit list, (laughs) prayer list. So last Sunday, as we stood up, I was naming off those people because I know all their names and I was naming off the people that live in those houses. So church is over, I go home, I'm washing dishes, it's getting close to three o'clock, I have to be at a meeting at the pastor's at three o'clock, about 2.25, I hear my doorbell ring. I go, what? Sort of peek, and I'm thinking, well, maybe I won't answer it, because I gotta, you know, I gotta get over here. (laughs) It's my neighbor that lives at the end of the lane, that I haven't really talked to or had any communication with for a year. And her name was one of the names that I was praying, sitting right there, two hours before. And I, of course, ran to the door and I opened the door and she wanted to buy some eggs. I have chickens, I have chicken evangelism. I found that works really well. (laughs) It's more like egg evangelism. (laughs) And she wanted to buy some eggs But the next thing she said to me, she said, Deanne, I don't have your phone number. I'd call you and let you know when I need eggs. And I said, you know what? I need yours too. We swapped phone numbers. And I just, you know, I didn't lead her to Jesus. Um, We didn't pray over the eggs or anything. (laughs) But I had an opportunity to look in her eye and to tell her how much her son had stopped at our house just randomly over Easter. We have seen the little boy, him grow into a young man. And I was just able to tell her how that blessed us. And we reconnected. And I just closed the door from that and I thought, Lord, what power when we get into the middle of your will, when we step into that go. And we did as a group last Sunday, we were all going. How quickly the great I am steps into the middle of that situation is awesome. And throughout the week, there were other encounters that we had with other people on our block, so to speak, on our little gravel lane. And I told you that there would be other stories. Well, I've already heard one out there on Main (laughs) Street after I shared this in the first service. Get in the middle of God's go. It's powerful. That's good. Thanks, Deanne. It really is God's heart for you to find purpose. There's two things that God puts in our soul. A desire for deep, genuine, authentic community. You have it. And a desire to live a life that matters. Those two desires are God-given. And he means for you to find the answers to those two inclinations out of the church and on mission for him. One of the things I want to encourage you with this morning is if part of your heart has been, man, I just I really want to live well in community with others. Can I tell you that comes out of going on mission with them? It just does. 
If the target is community, you'll miss it. But if the target is mission, you'll find deep community with people on mission. Shelly and I's best relationships, our, our greatest relationships, are those people that we have uh, been on mission with, uh, the Dick and Jennifer Brogdons you know, of, of our life. Uh, that's where we have found that. So part of what we're trying to step into is understanding the extraordinary life is meant to be one where you are known by others, you're lovingly supported, you're honestly challenged, you know, but that comes out of a space of being on mission together. You, you can't do the one and expect the other. So that's part of what we find. You, you know, part of the conversations I've had with people have they said, well, I mean, Jesus, he's the original sent one, by the way. Sent by God, he's the original missionary. So he's the first one, he's our example. But people say, well, I mean, he was a son of God. And, and then they'd say, well, we talk about the 12 disciples. Jesus sends them out. He sent them out in Luke chapter 9. And people say, well, I mean, those were the 12 apostles. And, you know, that's, that was something special. Okay. All right, Luke chapter 10. Let's keep going. He sends out 72 others. Luke chapter 10, verse 1. Guess who we are? The others. Guess who Jesus is rejoicing in? The others who get it. Jesus intends to rejoice in us today, but we've got to get it. We're a part of the 72 others. As we keep going from Luke into Acts, what you're going to find is it's all the others that establish the church in all the nations. That's our legacy. Are we going to step into that kind of life? Is that going to be our legacy too? I pray that it is in your heart, but we've got to trust God that he's leading us that he's leading us into extraordinary living. And if you look at the passage this morning, the first way that we find that is you can live an extraordinary life by maintaining a childlike faith. You can live an extraordinary life by maintaining a childlike faith. Here's what Jesus says. I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you've hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. This is a good word for us today. Too often, we think we're wise and have understanding. But what does God's word say? What happens? Then things are actually hidden from us. Because for us to grab a hold of some of these truths, we've got to have God-like dependence, childlike dependence upon God. Do you have that? Or are you so self-sufficient and, and you're going your own way that you're actually missing some of the things of God? That's what this verse is saying this morning. It is not God's heart for things to be hidden from you. He wants you to get it, but what he says is for you to get it, you've got to live like a child. So you've got to think about how does a child live? They're pretty innocent. Children naturally love others. That's, that's a natural inclination. They don't know what it is to hate others. That's a learned behavior. So we could start there. How are you doing in loving others? That's childlike faith. It starts there. What are some other characteristics of a child? Uh, as they love, how do they express that love? Our youngest, our five-year-old, when he wakes up in the morning, he's going to come find me. That's just his pattern. He's going to come find me, curl up in my lap. If I'm reading, I'm praying, whatever I'm doing, he wants to have that kind of love to start out his day. Do you start your day that way? How much do you think God wants that kind of relationship with you? My, our youngest is receiving something from me in that moment. It's not that we're just, he's giving something to me, although I receive something too. But we need to understand if we approach God like a child, we gain some incredible things in that way. Approach God like a child. How else? You know, children don't walk around <clears throat> with a whole lot of authority or power. And maybe I should back up to say children shouldn't walk around with a whole lot of authority and power. <laughs> Not sure how you've structured your home. Uh, we'll do a parenting class later this fall. 
but that's part of it. They really don't. I mean, inherently, they don't really walk around with a whole lot of authority or power, but there's actually something that's really great about that, that they actually look at each day as a gift. I mean, our kids, they ask us, what's the plan today? And they just revel in that. And, and they know that great things will happen as a part of that day uh, because that's just the way we run our home. How is that for you with God? Are you allowing God to be the authority in your life? Are you allowing him to have the power? Are you trying to just kind of wrestle that away from him? If you allow God to maintain authority and power, you can take every day as a gift from him. And you'll be able to look at things through a very different lens. So the first way that we live an extraordinary life is we maintain a childlike faith. But then we also step into, as we continue in the passage, that, that we can live an extraordinary life. How else can we do that? I need to look back at my scripture. Point two, there it is. You can live an extraordinary life by hungering for more of God. There we go. You can live an extraordinary life. Where it is, the verse says, all things have been handed over to me by my father. No one knows who the son is except the father or who the father is except the son. So part of what Jesus is saying is if you're hungry for more of God, if you're pursuing me, Jesus is the doorway to God the father. There's a relationship there. There's a relationship that we can have with God the Father because Jesus is the one that gives us entrance to it. Always, uh, over and over in the New Testament, Jesus is stepping to the side. Notice he never exalts himself, but he's saying, here's God the Father, and he's good. Jesus wants us to have the relationship that he had with God the Father. But to have that, we've got to hunger for more of him. Uh, part of what I love about the scripture, that, that verse where it says that Jesus rejoiced in the Holy Spirit. And I was thinking about that. There's joy in the Holy Spirit. And, and when you look at the scripture passages that we find, so Luke's gospel, Luke, Jesus in action, or, or an empowered Jesus, where are the examples where you see the Holy Spirit show up? Luke chapter three, Jesus is baptized. Holy Spirit descends as a dove. So part of the Holy Spirit in you is to confirm the identity of who you are as a child of God. You are a child of God in whom Jesus dwells. That's really important. If you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, that's a powerful, powerful thing. So he shows up to confirm identity. What else happens? Luke chapter four, Jesus goes off in the wilderness where that identity is tested. But then he comes back having passed that test full of the spirit. And then what does Jesus do? He begins to share good news. He begins to do the miraculous. He begins to heal people. So the Holy Spirit shows up in these contexts. Luke chapter 10, where does the Holy Spirit show up in rejoicing for Jesus? When the disciples start to get it, they understand they're a part of bringing in the harvest. The Holy Spirit empowers us for the harvest. So part of the answer here is, is if you're hungering for more of God, you'd say, God, I need more of you. Step out into God's purpose for your life to be able to start blessing your neighbors, your colleagues, your coworkers, and watch as he pours more of himself into you. We've got to step into his life purpose for us to experience more of God. Do you hunger for him? It says if we hunger for him. Luke, we, we already covered this in Luke chapter six where Jesus calls the disciples and then he begins to share with them what it looks like to be a citizen of heaven. And in Luke chapter six, if we can jump to that verse, it says that he is blessed who hungers because if you hunger for what God is hungry for, you will be satisfied. Life in the kingdom is a satisfied life. So if you're searching for satisfaction, go no further. It's in God. It's in God's plan for your life. God means to lead you into a life of satisfaction. If you're hungry for more of God, you will be satisfied. You can live an extraordinary life through a childlike faith. You can live an extraordinary life by being hungry for God. And the last thing we find in our passage is that you can live an extraordinary life 
by cultivating an eye to see the work of God around you. Do you have an eye to see what God's doing around you? Part of what I love about uh, Deanne's uh, testimony this morning, what she shared in terms of that neighbor showing up hours later, what uh, an awesome answer to prayer, is that she understood God's hand was there. When you begin to see how God is working in and through your life and around you, it's an incredible thing. Like you can't, it's, it's hard for you not to be excited about, God, I can't believe you're using me that way. I can't believe that you're at work around me. It's not that I'm just going through the motions. It's not like I'm just walking through this life, but I'm walking through with a journey with you and you're using me mightily. Do you have an eye to see the way God is using you? And I'd kind of like to extend that out a little bit. You know, we do these celebrations on your connect cards. Write down things to celebrate, things to pray about. And oftentimes the things we celebrate is things in our life, sometimes the lives of others. But I'd like you to look for more of that. How do you see God at work in the lives of your neighbors? How do you see God at work in the lives of your colleagues, your coworkers? God's heart is for you to be able to see his activity in and around your life. It really is. You can live an extraordinary life. Absolutely, you can live an extraordinary life. And we want to help lead you into that. The question is, do you trust God enough that he's leading you that way? Will you follow the instructions he gives to be able to live that kind of life? I'm going to invite you to stand as we close in song this morning. And before we close in song, one of the other things that was shared this morning as we were in our our time of song, one of our members came up and she shared, I really feel like God is saying today is somebody's day to make a decision to follow Jesus. Like that's something you've, you've delayed from response, that, that up to this point you just haven't made that decision that you want to step into that life, but today's your day. So I would just say if that's you this morning, if you've been holding back to say, God, I, I just, I don't know, may you be confident in who you can be in Christ today. May you step into the life that he has for you. Don't hold anything back this morning. So if that's you this morning, with every head bowed in this room, And you'd say, I haven't been living for God, but it's been heavy on my heart. God has spoken through somebody today to say, today is your day. Today is the day of your salvation. So I just want you to experience that today. So if that's you today and you'd say, that's me, I want to step into the extraordinary life that God has for me. Simply raise your hand. We want to pray with you today. Anybody that would say, that's me, I don't want you to step out of this space without an opportunity to follow God with all of your heart. Don't hold anything back from him. God can be trusted. He'll lead you well in life. Anybody here today would say, that's me. I want to follow God today. Jesus, I just pray that you would lead us all well in your name. God, your heart is to lead us into the extraordinary lives that you've promised. But Lord, it does require obedience on our part. It requires trust on our part. So God, I just pray trust and obedience over every person in this room today. I just pray they wouldn't hold anything back from you. But Lord, that they would live well in your name. God, I just pray that you'd help us to maintain a childlike faith. God, I pray that you'd help us to stay hungry for you. And Lord, I pray that you would would help us, Jesus, to, to be able to live well in your name, cultivating an eye to see, Father, your work in our lives and in the lives of others around us. And as we do that, I just pray, Jesus, that we would be able to come back in joy and be able to celebrate together the way that you're working in this world. So God, I pray that as you lead us today, that we would walk out of this space with a determination to follow after your heart. Lord, I pray that we would make you rejoice in the way that we live.
we just pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.